I would like to welcome everybody to a brand new edition of the Adam King Show. I am your host, Adam King, and we have a phenomenal show for you tonight. We're on our third episode on our new streaming platform. So if anything happens, bear with us because we got something you don't want to miss today. On that note, I want to bring in the one, the only, Rock Breath to go over the memes and the news with my man, associate producer, AP, Rock Breath. What's going on, man? Not much, Adam. I actually broke my promise and watched a little football yesterday. Um, I know, right? Sadly, though, two teams that I really hate are now in the Super Bowl, so that, for a fact, will not be watched by me. Listen, I was going for the Bengals because I really just don't want to see the Chiefs win. But Me too. I got to be honest with you that whatever God wants is what I'm about. And if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, <laughs> then that's God's will. And I can't argue with that. I'm taking Philly. Minus I'm going to take Philly too because I don't want the Chiefs <laughs> to win. But I mean, it's like it's like rooting under, for Al-Qaeda for me. I'm not going to go root for Al-Qaeda. Well, then the know. other the other important thing is under over then. So it's under. I'm going to go under 49 and a half points. Are you throwing money down on the game? I always do, just a little bit. Uh, this is something I never got into, man. Little tiny parlay. And if I, I put money on something, I'm going to lose that money. I, I just know it. Well, it, I put 25 bucks in a year ago, and I've been up and down 1600 or less or more. And... But I'll tell you one person who puts money <laughs> into it and always gets out when he puts money into it. It's this guy right here. <laughs> I know creepy Joe this guy always wins man he can't he gets caught doing all sorts of crazy stuff all over the world and he still wins it's like when is this guy gonna lose (laughs) I know (laughs) crazy sleepy Joe rock breath let's get into the memes my man we got some good ones (laughs) table football Pfizer Uh. edition Dude, I love it. That was one of my favorite games when I was a kid. <laughs> I know. Look at all of them. It's like it's really what's going on in the world. Oh, you know? I love that. All right. Let's see what we got next. Welcome to the new Disney. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <sighs> all right. Namorok. This guy's one of my favorites. George Soros is funding the entire fact-checking empire. And, of course, this is fact-checked. It's missing context. <laughs> but it's true. This is the guy. He is like, like if we're, if, how has he become the arbitrator of facts just by owning all the fact-checkers? Well, you know, when you've got all the money, you've got all the, the power. I'm so sick of this fake Jew. Well, he know. didn't survive the Holocaust. He helped it. <laughs> exactly. Not financial advice. Check this one out, Rock. Imagine getting a law named after you for blatantly trading with insider information and not seeing a day of prison for it. Unusual Wales reports breaking. Senator Josh Hawley has introduced the Pelosi Act. What? A bill to ban stock trades by lawmakers and their spouses. Oh, my God. How hypocritical again. It's about time, but I think Senator Josh Hawley is really on it when he uh and and nailed it he just really nailed it he's pelosi pelosi calling it the pelosi act exactly see what we got next 
FDA, uh, vaccines are not associated with sudden adult death syndrome. FDA's response to an American <laughs> concerns about COVID vaccine. Can you believe they said this? I can't. Like they have no fear of liability. No, and then watch man. this one. And then the FDA later goes on and revokes authorization for key anti-COVID drugs. This Stephen uh, Kirsch. And this drug is called, uh, I can't even read it. I got to like look at my screen. Something like <laughs> Kilvaneb or something. You can see uh, it. Yeah. Zoom in on your screens, audience, and you can see the drug. That is the drug right there. <laughs> And they just, oh, they revoke, they revoke life-saving COVID drugs. And then they say in the same breath, Rock, that, that uh, sudden adult death syndrome has nothing to do with vaccines. It's like the FDA is like setting itself up to be canceled. That means voting to be shut down by Congress. All right. Jack Posobiec with the win. <laughs> do you get this meme? Uh, yeah, Jeff. Looking Everybody the saw the Pfizer thing, right? Everybody <laughs> saw the Project Veritas release. You saw the James O'Keefe thing? Yeah. So um, basically, to any of our audience who doesn't know, because YouTube is actively censoring all of this material, any link to this, YouTube is taking down from their platform. So um, uh, what's his name? Uh, James O'Keefe sends a, we covered it in the last episode a lot. You know, he sends a, uh, a gay spy to like lure the uh, Pfizer executive in and the Pfizer executive spills all the guts about Pfizer's plans on video. And so uh, the meme is, can you keep a secret? And he's got like a mask on that he's gay. And he's like, yes. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Pfizer, Pfizer, Pfizer. We got secret bio labs all over the world. <laughs> hate that company man may they burn uh, in hell i guess you do we pfizer do. pleased to announce their new vaccine 90 percent effective against the new virus they created <laughs> <laughs> the babylon b man they kill it that's insane this one is killer representative niles introduces china lied people died act to make the ccp <laughs> repay 4.6 trillion in federal COVID relief. Yeah, now, this well, is the type of leadership that America needs. But it'll never pass and it'll never happen. Because the uh, their employers, yeah, you know. Yeah, of course. Of course. China is buying chips from us and they're under um, the sanctions and they just bought chips for their nuclear missiles. Is your name Pfizer? Because you just made my heart stop. <laughs> Should have an arrow through it, actually. I know, right? <laughs> Here's one that I loved. I had to share it. Richard Nixon smelling a brick of weed that they confiscated through the DEA. <laughs> I like it smells. I know. Very paper. few people know this, but the little pocket on your jeans is for your paycheck after taxes. <laughs> Did you know that one, Rock? That actually, that's pretty funny and cute, but it's for a pocket watch. <laughs> is that really what it is? It's a pocket yeah, watch? Change wow. or a pocket watch, yeah. Originally Interesting. It was I did watch. not know that. And did not know that. All right, let's move on. To what do you got? 
Democrats, when they walked back one or two of the disastrous policies they forced us to begin with. I am a generous <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, that's too much. You make my eyes close. Teachers, your child, gay stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, the force of it is. What is people think witchcraft looks like, what it actually <laughs> looks like. <laughs> All right. Now I want to just make a point. In 2008, Google bought YouTube for $1.65 billion. 2022, YouTube generates $1.6 billion in ad revenue every three weeks. Now wow. check this out, okay? Because we posted an episode, Rock, last week, Neil Gorsuch at War. And Neil Gorsuch at War was only about the Supreme Court and that YouTube took it down and banned it. Because And they wrote us an actual handwritten letter telling us that they banned it because it contained nudity. Well, it was actually not banned. It was just rated for um, adults only. They took the, they, they put a child warning on it. And you have I think to have Supreme, an actual YouTube account now to view it. That I'm going to stop video. having our Supreme Court experts come on in uh, full bondage regalia that they got sure. from the Balenciaga child catalog. I say we go nuts on them and get it shut. We down. are. That's why I wanted to share this post. We got a couple more posts. Sick bearded drag queen toasts to uh, those who lick us where we pee in front of uh, young children at a Texas drag show. These people need uh, to be killed, Rock. They need to be killed. Well, you know, at the very least, we need to create an island. And for look them. at their, look at their. Uh, I feel like they got a little Zig Heil going on in there. They're all like kind of like Zig Heiling. Yeah, the toast is a little too extreme. Okay, this we're going to close up our segment with these three memes. Massive fire sweeps U.S. egg farm. 16 fire departments needed to contain it. Yeah. A three-alarm fire at Basra, Connecticut-based egg farm required more than 100 firefighters from at least 16 firehouses to extinguish. Yeah. According to WCTC-TV, authorities said the fire, which plagued a 50 by 600 foot chicken coop at Hillsdale Farms on Schwartz Road took 4.5 hours to extinguish and resulted in the death of estimated 100,000 yep. chickens. Yeah, they pack them in there all right. Now, now let's get to the next one because this is where it really gets um, interesting. And it makes you kind of wonder, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, they, you know, yeah, as yeah. egg prices are rising, Rock Breath, this is what they did. I'll tell you, you know who did this fire? You know who, who did this one? I know. Who I, did I it. think you do know who did it. Tell I us who did I it. Tell us who did it and why. Tell us who did it and why. Bill Gates, because just recently, and I think it was last week, it was announced that Bill Gates has come up or developed with a chickenless egg factory chickenless egg factory mm. in san francisco so so of course they they kill the chickens they kill the chickens because they want to drive up the price of eggs and it's just too coincidental yep and we're, and now we're going to see synthetic eggs the next item up for bid is a dozen eggs at sotheby's <laughs> and on that note i'm going to close out this segment rock it was that great, was great. One little bit went a little bit extra but i'm glad we got the news because people got to know what's going on and sure the news is not being reported. It was worth it, and uh, have a great show, Adam.
I'm going to bring out our guest. We have the world famous, one of the greatest Kabbalists alive in the generation, Rabbi Avraham Greenbaum from Jerusalem, Israel with us to talk about so many things. Rabbi, it's an honor to have you on the show. It really is a true honor to have you on the show. So long, my dear friend uh, Adam. It's uh, so many years that we know each other, and it's a great pleasure and a privilege to be on uh, your show now. You know, I want to tell my audience that I consider you one of my greatest teachers. And recently, last year, I had the great honor and fortune of helping the rabbi publish a republication of a translation of a Kabbalistic book, 138 Gates of Wisdom by Rabbi Moshe Chaim Lozato, 17th century Kabbalistic uh, manual. And we republished it. It came out, uh, when did it come out? Last February, last March, right? Last May, yeah, maybe. In the summer, in, uh, in uh, July. In July. Yeah. And it's on Amazon. And we teach, and, and I actually been teaching a class in it every Monday nights at 7.30. Rabbi, we use it as a textbook and it's an amazing piece of literature. Thank you so much for the translation. But more importantly, I didn't come here, I didn't bring you on to talk about religion today. You know, because a lot of people know you for your um, wonderful work that you do with the Azamra Institute as the head and founder of the Azamra Institute, spreading Hasidut and Kabbalah to the whole world. But people don't really know you for your leadership on these key issues that affect the whole world. And, and I think it's so vital to have your opinions, especially to our audience at InfoWars, because they're a real faith-based, you know, militant Christian group. And, uh, and you know, you've had a long histories with the Christians. So before we get started in the world affairs and why Joe Biden and the World Economic Forum suck so much, can you give us a little bit about background about you, maybe some of your B'nai Noach work and uh, and the Azamra Institute? Tell us who you are. Well, I think it all goes very far back to my late father of blessed memory, whose parents were immigrants to Britain from Poland, like many other Jews at the time, having suffered terrible persecution and arrived in uh, Britain without all the benefits of uh, that are given to immigrants in the United States today. Uh, they had to work their way up from poverty. So my father grew up with a very, very uh, clear view of how things work in the world. And he always said, you know, follow the money. And I grew up with his very clear, radical perception of how things work. And uh, I was interested in uh, current affairs uh, to the point that uh, my first job after graduating from Cambridge University and uh, from a research project in Harvard and Columbia was at BBC World Service, where one of my jobs was to actually collect in those days before internet, all the ticker tape that was coming in all night and sort it out. So I had a, uh, I was sitting on the top of the entire world in terms of what the news supposedly was. And I also had an inside view of how the news was manufactured by these masters of propaganda and mass hypnosis. So there I am in the middle of the BBC, they actually threw me out uh, because I wished to observe the Jewish Sabbath. And they said, a journalist has to work seven days a week. You can't have a job with us. So uh, I left and uh, the rest is history. I became a translator of Hasidic writings into uh, the English language. And our main uh, source of inspiration, Rabbi Nachman of Breslov, 
was one of those with an absolutely clear view of what goes on in this world and uh, presented it in some of his amazing stories in the form of caricature as in his story of the, uh, the nation that was entirely devoted to the worship of wealth and the people who, uh, who possess wealth. Does that ring a bell to anybody? A very, very uh, amusing caricatures. So with the uh, standing out of Britain, out of America, which I've visited many, many times uh, and lived there for two years, uh, but standing now in the holy city of Jerusalem, where I'm talking to you from right now, one sees the world as, as it were, like a Martian looking over the whole globe. And mm -hmm. uh, now my love of all of the peoples of the world is based, number one, on the absolute faith that the lost 10 tribes of Israel spread all over the world and actually have penetrated many, many populations. And therefore, wherever we have a stirring of people who have a uh, despite all of the negative propaganda against Israel, against uh, you know the, the 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 Nazi propaganda, the caricatures, anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist, in spite of all that, we have people across the world who are rising to uh, uh, to the cry not of the state of Israel but of the Holy Torah, which is the constitution of the people of Israel, and uh, these are our brothers and sisters, and I've seen this in so many. Uh, Christians that I have uh, had the privilege of uh, being able to talk to uh, at times in very great depth, a very great length, that there are sparks of godliness everywhere. And the task of the true children of Israel is to address these sparks and encourage the spirit to rise up and find redemption from the world we live in. Rabbi, it's a tremendous honor to have you here, and uh, especially because we are on Infowars and Bandai Video and Alex Jones's community. I, I really feel that there's such a synergy between you and Alex Jones, and I hope at one point you guys can actually connect because I think that uh, the formation of such an alliance would be so terrifying to the New World Order. <laughs> now, uh, since we brought up Ra Rabbi Nachman of Breslov and your, your uh, fond... Um, work in Zamra translating Hasidic texts and, and Kabbalistic texts as in the one that we showed earlier, and just all-around biblical texts. Um, I think that focusing on Ukraine, starting on our conversation on Ukraine would be a great, uh, uh, you know, because Rabbi Nachman is buried in Ukraine. Now, I myself have been to Ukraine four times. Um, I uh, went for uh, to Uman and the various different settlements. My mother's side of the family is descendant of Ukrainian Jewry. So, you know, when you go around the, the shtetl and you see where you come from and stuff like that. And so, um, but we've been in America for seven generations on my side. Um, but um, focusing in on Ukraine, because uh, obviously with a great breast of rabbi like yourself, you must have some sort of, uh, of insight as to what is going on uh, and, and what the next three months are going to look like. Is Ukraine really the focal point of the world? You know, because it, does it have this power that it can actually, is it, is it worth a nuclear apocalypse? Let's start there. Well, I think we need to look first of all at who is behind this entire war, because really after the... Soviet Union broke up in the early 1990s. You had the old uh, Russia 
and the breakaway new republic of Ukraine. And uh, not unreasonably, Russia did want with an independent Ukraine to have some kind of security guarantees that Ukraine would not someday rise up against Russia militarily. Well, now this is precisely what has been happening since the 1990s in uh, rather covert uh, ways. Some of it has come out to the public, much of it is not at all known, but uh, there are very formidable powers uh, in the uh, secret uh, elite that rules the world that have been building up Ukraine as a power for uh, certainly the last decade in a very big way. And uh, it was therefore not to be expected that this was uh, seen by uh, Putin of Russia as a big provocation that he could not uh, but address. And uh, therefore, we see this uh, war, which actually benefits uh, many interests. Hmm. You know, hmm. uh, as soon as you burn up a whole load of armaments, then, uh, of course, the, uh, the armaments industry is all ready to produce new armaments and better armaments and therefore suck more dollars from the pockets of the poor taxpayers and put mm -hmm. them into the pockets of the, uh, the people that own the armaments industries. And so right. war right. is uh, lovely. For, I'm just like the, uh, the COVID epidemic was marvelous for the pharmaceutical companies and all the people that had massive investments in them. So uh, war is a wonderful business, and that's why uh, uh, there's no reason why this petty war in Ukraine should suddenly become the center of uh, world interest. It was not uh, during the various uh, things that took place in the last 30 years. Uh, it never became a focal point until quite recently. And uh, so all this leads one to suspect that this is a big media buildup. Is it worth... Uh, uh, you say it's not that uh, they, it, it's very unlikely that, uh, in my view, that uh, there will be a nuclear war involving the whole world on this. When I was 13 years old, it was actually on my bar mitzvah day in London, as I stood in there facing the rabbi in the synagogue, addressing me and the whole congregation. This was when uh, the, uh, the, the Soviets had actually put their missiles in Cuba and uh, JFK had uh, put his ultimatum and everybody thought that uh, was waiting to see if the Russians going to back down or not. And we all thought, and uh, I had confirmation of this just the other day when I met up with an old school friend in those days, we all thought we're likely to perish in the next few days. And here I am, you know, like 60 years later, and it was all hype. It was all media right. hype. And this is all media. They want people to be afraid. They want, they want people, people to be afraid. They want people to be anxious. They want people to agree to give their their, their tax dollars to uh, uh, because they fear that uh, you know, like no. my father, my father of blessed memory told me in the First World War that uh, a Cockney man comes in running uh, from the streets and said the the Germans want to take my wife. They want to take my wife. You know, like uh, they get people in their kiskas and their guts. Yeah. So. I, I get that. So I understand the fear of everything. Um, I, I do sense that there is some extremely dark satanic elements that are in possession of governments now that weren't in possession of governments then or the world was different then and maybe not ripe enough for an elevation of such. But with the recent, um, you know, 
The fact that Zelensky walked, I call him Voldemort Zelensky, you know, because the Harry Potter character. <laughs> He's Voldemort Zelensky. I don't know. I full credit right here on the Adam King show. You heard it first. So Voldemort Zelensky walks into U.S. Congress. He's like, "Give us thanks! Give us thanks! Give me thanks! I can drive and shoot the tanks myself." <laughs> and like America's looking at him like, "You're effing crazy." What does Joe Biden do? Sends 31 tanks. <laughs> like, and then now they're talking. And this was on Owen Troyer, who's also on Infowars Bandai video. You could that um, Owen Troyer is now following a story. He's the only journalist in the world that I've seen following a story that they're also considering sending F-15 bombers and American advanced airplanes. Now, I also know that Germany has given permission to Poland that if Poland wants to, it needs to invade Ukraine for any instance, they, now they have the backing of Germany. So in conjunction with the weapons transfers from the United States and Germany giving the declaration of a permission for a NATO country, which yeah. is Poland, to come in to Ukraine, I sit back and I try to place myself in Putin's throne and 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 really like the fate of the world is in the hands of, of Vladimir Putin. And he's been such a, um, you know, he's actually been very slow to uh, to rouse. Now, he's about to move in with 500,000 fresh troops. The next 90 days are going to be the bloodiest days in Ukraine. Um, I've been saying on the Adam King show, hopefully... You know, God saves us all, and he allows uh, Vladimir Putin to kill Vladimir Zelensky and end the war. You know, that's one way that the, that God can say, okay, not in my name. You know, it's just could just take one, one bullet shell. Maybe Putin's in on it. He was a young global leader at the World Economic Forum, but I don't think being a hundred billionaire like Putin is, owning a country and nuclear missiles and being such a dictator that he thinks that I don't think he thinks that Klaus Schwab is even in his league. So, um, so given all these factors, do you feel that like the unique set of circumstances that govern the situation in Ukraine today are different than when they were, you know, because like, for instance, Bay of Pigs, right? Or Cuban Missile Crisis. Let's take Cuban Missile Crisis. Cuban Missile Crisis was a direct confrontation between the United States and Russia. But here... It's really about Germany and Russia, and that's a new situation. And I think that Germany is going to be the provocation of war. Now, I'm, I'm more scared about Germany escalating the situation and being the one who takes the lead on the war against Russia than any other country. What, what are your thoughts on some of the things I shared? I think one thing to be uh, clear is that a lot of this uh, talk about the supply of, of tanks and other weapons to Ukraine is all... Uh, 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 some of it is rather theoretical. I just uh, posted today on Facebook an article that I read in the Asia Times, which also looks at all these uh, developments with a little more impartial eye than you get on the mainstream media in the uh, uh, USA and so on. And uh, they say that, uh, firstly, uh, all of this talk of the weapons that they're going to supply to Ukraine is all not actually immediate, whereas Putin right. is actually closing down on Ukraine, like immediately, like you say. I thought about this. 
I thought about it. Maybe they're just like bluffing and giving the illusion or the media presence that they're supporting this and uh, doing wipes through Ukraine before it's, it's going to take three months for them. It's, they have to train them on the M1 Abrams tanks and the, and the F-15s are like a whole another thing. I thought that maybe this is like a PSYOP or something. Yeah, crazy Prime Minister of Britain. What was the guy's name? This uh, this shock of uh, yellow hair. What's his name? The, the last Prime Minister Boy, Boris yeah. Johnson goes off and says, we have to save Ukraine. And uh, uh, the, the Israelis, by the way, were not impressed by Zelensky at all that shows up in the uh, the Knesset in like shirt sleeves. I mean, this is really insulting to uh, a, a legislature. Says, I'm Jewish. Give me money. <laughs> Israel, how can you not support me because I'm Jewish? This and he's like, you know, married the to a Catholic. The muscle is that Bibi... Uh, uh, is much uh, more sober than uh, most of the others. Certainly, Bibi, although we may not love him, uh, but he is more sober than uh, the previous uh, prime minister. We do not love him on the Adam King and show. You see, Bibi, Bibi has a uh, a good uh, relationship with Putin, and that yeah. is very crucial. Besides that, Israel, besides having a very large population of people that came from Ukraine, it also has a very large population of people who came from Russia. And exactly. so it's not so Israel is not going to immediately jump on the support Ukraine bandwagon, yeah. because she has an interest in remaining uh, uh, neutral as far as possible. So Rabbi, uh, Rabbi I want to well, ask you one question on Bibi Netanyahu, and then I don't want to focus on him because we are driving Bibi Netanyahu to an early grave here at the Adam King show. Who is Bibi more loyal to, Putin or Pfizer? Well, uh, unfortunately, I think uh, the latter would be the case. Uh, it is well Pfizer. established. Uh, yeah, you see, Bibi, uh, ah. Bibi was propelled into uh, prominence in the early 1990s, uh, approximately uh, at around the time that the Oslo uh, was cooking, uh, the, uh, the witchcraft was being cooked up in the very early 1990s. It became public in 1992 and uh, that they were talking about it and it actually came out into world 93 now this was just after the gulf uh, war of 91 where there had been this tacit uh, cooperation between saudi arabia and israel and now right after that as it were israel was there for now as a thank you was <laughs> asked to uh, cut off her her legs and her nose and her heart and her liver in the oslo talks well, now, Bibi precisely then was propelled to the forefront by being a, a appointed Israel spokesman of the United Nations and uh, became the ambassador in Washington. And uh, uh, who was behind him? Well, uh, a certain doctor uh, who always went around the world with shuttle diplomacy with a black bag is, is uh, Bibi's patron as he was Ariel Sharon's patron. And we can all see where all that went. In other words, Bibi, unfortunately, doctor? Uh, the doctor, Dr. Henry. So, oh, Henry uh, Kissinger. Exactly. So who is also oh, the Rebbe wow. of, also the Rebbe of, wow, uh, also the Rebbe of Klaus Schwab. It all connects together. Oh my God. Oh so so Bibi and Klaus are cousins through political ideology. Well, uh, if you could want to connect the dots that way, that would seem to be the case. Wow. Well, I want to get back to this a little bit more, but first I want to take a commercial break and uh, hear a word from InfoWars. We will be right back.
In the year 2000, Alex Jones's film, Dark Secrets Inside Bohemian Grove, showed the world how our so-called elite leaders practice mock ritual sacrifices in private. This in 2007, Alex Jones releases Endgame, exposing the world elite's plans for covertly using biological weapons against all of mankind. And by the time they launched their attack in 2020, Alex Jones's Infowars and our audience were there to warn the people of the deadly vaccines that we knew were coming. This is why they attack us. This is why we need your support, because we tell the truth Alex Jones was right. Join the resistance, buy products, donate to the cause, share the links, join us in the fight for freedom, and help us defeat the new world order. So, Rabbi, we have been talking uh, uh, before the commercial break about Bibi and the World Economic Forum um, and Henry Kissinger is the uh, to bring it back to ukraine is ukraine controlled by the world economic forum do you believe that this is a place where they rule oh well absolutely i mean uh, uh the george soros has invested uh, millions um uh, would be an, uh, call it millions would be an understatement i would believe uh, in uh, the whole cultural revolution that was mm. uh, put upon ukraine in uh, since independence in 1991, and uh, uh, the whole uh, Burisma scandal and all that's going around it, the fact that all of these resources were drained out of Ukraine and uh, the monies were laundered, the whole scandal, which is uh, <laughs> public knowledge to anybody who wants to open their eyes, uh, all this indicates that Ukraine was very much intended as this puppet that would be uh, the bulwark against uh, Russia and would actually be the uh, the springboard because you see uh, you're saying that out, you're saying that the the, the fall, after the close of the Berlin Wall that Ukraine was kind of created for this moment right now that they would lean into Russia through Ukraine well that was always the plan that the whole goal was to break the breakup of the Soviet bloc and the first was the, 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 the breakaway of Poland and Hungary, all the peripheral nations, and then Ukraine, which had been the uh, uh, original part of the USSR, then broke away in 90, 1990. And that was obviously through all this very behind the scenes diplomacy to make that happen. And since then, for the 33 years since 1990, Ukraine was built up steadily by these forces uh, the investment, the cultural revolution, the, uh, for example, the uh, the whole uh, 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 the whole promotion of the the the, the gay and uh, uh, agenda on Ukraine. Now, all of this you see goes against something very deep ingrained in the soul of Russia, and uh, most people know very little about uh, Russia and her people. But uh, Russia, indeed, uh, Ukraine was and remains in some respects quite a traditional country, but Russia today is even more so, and Putin respects that very much. He has very close ties with the Russian Orthodox Church, and uh, as he does with the Jewish communities there, he's a great respecter of faith. And this is something which is absolutely uh, the opposite of the culture that the forces that are trying to foist this on Ukraine want to foist this on Russia. 
In other words, really, if you look at the uh, the, uh, the the overall world situation, you have uh, the major uh, forces against the new world order would be precisely uh, Russia, and they would be uh, North Korea, and they would be Iran. China has no problem with the new world order because China, the China, the way the Chinese government method of government fits in uh, entirely with the new world order. That is the model of the new world order is the Chinese government. But uh, Iran, with uh, her present rulers, and uh, Russia, with her present cultural heritage, are not so at all so friendly. Uh, and uh, some of the uh, more authentically Muslim countries are also not that friendly. Saudi Arabia looks as though she is being weaned into the world order. There was clearly an effort to do that with Putin, but I don't think they succeeded because, as you say, if oh, you're as yeah. wealthy and well established here, you don't need that. And I also think that BRICS has really given Putin a lot of potential that the West and the World Economic Forum and the, you know, the satanic forces, the satanic cabal, let's call them. <laughs> Whoever they are, the mysterious, the secret, the secret uh, 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 shadow government of the world, Wh whoever they are, whether it's Klaus Schwab in Davos with the World Economic Forum or the Committee of 300, who knows who it is? I don't know anymore. I don't know. They don't want me to know. And it's probably some extraterrestrial creatures that live in Antarctica that just fly in to mess with us so that we won't mess with them. So... But whatever it is, it's plaguing our world. And I think Putin is succeeding with his relationships in China, especially with his relationships in China. He's becoming so rich with China. Um, and I think that there, that's an interesting triangle there, too. I think perhaps one of the reasons why Klaus Schwab uh, took such an interest in China was to keep Russia contained. One of the reasons why he gives so much to ch Chinese totalitarian and, and kind of allows... He Klaus Schwab is the reason why Chinese totalitarianism is ignored in the West. You know, well, don't and, forget that. Don't forget that it was Henry Kissinger, uh, who, uh, under the presidency of uh, Nixon, that originally charmed China into the world uh, system. Previously, she had been the pariah; she was outside, but now she was drawn in by the doctor, and uh, she is very. I mean, there's this antagonism between uh, it's like uh, as portrayed in in uh, in 1984 and uh, in the brave new world that the whole world is like these huge power blocks and yeah. uh, they're all sort of monsters that are sort of rearing their heads sometimes they're together sometimes they're against each other and uh, we in the middle that's our job is to figure out how we survive that's the most important thing it's like Hunger Games, but like, you know, survive the government, you know, don't, <laughs> right. you know, and it's kind of bizarre because I've been thinking about it a lot lately, like where to go, like, what am I going to do? Where am I going to flee? I live out just outside of L.A. in the countryside with all the farms. I left the city, um, you know, because I was too much, uh, too much chaos and no way out. And I'm not going to be uh, I'd rather avoid the. uh that type of uh that's going to be a nightmare when 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 it really does hit the fan like it says in ezekiel and you know since we have such a holy man on our show it'd be nice to tie in some of the uh 
the prophecies concerning Ezekiel 38 to 40, a lot of times that gets brought up on InfoWars uh, by, by the non-Jewish uh, sources. And there's a lot of pastors that come on InfoWars, really remarkable pastors of churches that come on InfoWars. And they always quote Ezekiel 38 to 40. And, um, you know, the end of war, the end of days, and the end of days and the whole, that whole revelation, you know, the war of Gog and all that stuff. In this situation, like, do you see, and I understand the, the, the subtle nuances about Henry Kissinger and, and everything that, that he did, he's doing behind the scenes. You know, first he was against the war in Ukraine. Now he's for the war in Ukraine. First he was against sending American infrastructure to Ukraine. Now he's for sending American infrastructure to Ukraine. I mean, do they really, maybe, I mean, is there just like a, like a, a barking demon that's like sitting at his, I'm going to eat you, Henry. I'm going to rip your head off. If you do, you will be suicided. Is this what is happening with Henry Kissinger? Is he being like forced to like say on the point of suicide and, 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 and moving past Henry Kissinger, I want to touch into the religious context of this whole thing uh, is this the end of days in ezekiel that they were that the that the prophets generations ago told us about well you know we say that uh, he who says does not know and he who knows does not say and uh, i certainly don't know and i'm not gonna claim that i really know it's very obvious that the end of days has been dragging on now for hundreds of years considering the uh, the people that have died the most horrible deaths in uh, thousands of years. I mean, uh, plagues and diseases. I mean, uh, horrible. I think it's hilarious what you just said that we've been waiting for the end of days for a hundred years. There's been so many end of days. I, I applaud that sentiment. Well, when I was a kid in Hyde Park in uh, London by Marble Arch, there's a man standing there with this placard, uh, you know, the end of days is nigh, you know, like, and this is now 70 years later. So, uh, of course, it's the end of days. But, you know, inscrutable are the ways of God. You see, God controls all of us. And according to our deeds, so he sends us our thoughts and our plans and our visions. He's like orchestrating everything from above. And... Uh, uh, what he puts into uh, Putin's heart or into Kissinger's heart, or I don't think uh, the present president, it's a question whether he has a heart at all, but it's God who, who make, uh, gives people dementia or, 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 or sanity. And so it's all ultimately orchestrated. And a lot of it is all in order to, uh, to, to frighten those who are receptive to true repentance. I mean, you won't ever save the whole of humanity but for those who have their ears open to hear what's going on, if you speak about Ezekiel 38, there you have the exact lineup of countries against the children of Israel uh, that we have today, where the, uh, uh, the, the prophet addresses Gog, uh, 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 king of Magog, uh, and Rosh Meshech Tuval, the head of Meshech and Tuval. Well, what is Meshech if not Moscovo? As our commentators say, Meshech is Moscow, which has been the capital of Russia, and Tuval is none other than Tbilisi, the whole area between the Black Sea and the Crimean Sea. So here yeah. is one of the nations, and then you have uh, Bet Togarma. Bet Togarma, uh, there are different interpretations to whether this, apply, this refers to Turkey or to Germany. And uh, you mentioned yourself, Germany's role 
as being quite uh, threatening potentially. And then you have uh, you have uh, Paras, which is Iran, and uh, Kush. Well, now uh, some parts of Africa are very extremely radicalized against uh, Kush Israel. Kush. Not Kush, but Kush and Put. Kush and Put, yes. It's so really, uh, Somalia and Boko Haram in Nigeria. So we we see all of these lineups, but you see, you've seen, we've seen similar lineups. I mean, the Kabbalistic uh, rabbis have been looking at developments, you know, for the last uh, thousand years and saying, yeah, it's, it's near, it's here, it's here. And yeah, it but is. They, wrote about it. they wrote about it. And we, we look back on history with the writings of the early Kabbalists, and it just seems so much more clearer about now our generation than it did in those generations looking back like they thought that the ottomans were gog you know well there's uh, the, the the i think uh, people who are able to cut behind the hypnotism of the media are able to understand that the real assault on the souls of israel which applies i'm not talking about uh, uh, Israel in the Middle East, but all of the Jewish souls and all of the souls of the Ten Tribes and all the souls of the Sparks of Israel. The real assault is this cultural war, which is very clear, uh, which is between tradition and faith and this radical ideology that wants to turn men into women and vice versa and to mm -hmm. twist our minds with all kinds of things that are totally against our biology and our nature and everything else. And this is a literal cultural war which is being waged against our children against our minds against uh, coming into our phones our computers our televisions uh, day after day so on the spiritual level this is the war which people of spirit have to fight and mm -hmm. uh, one could uh, one can one can see this lineup going on but the question is will for example it's extremely unlikely that the united states of america or nato will actually uh, unilaterally destroy, try to destroy the Iranian nuclear infrastructure. It seems much more likely that uh, the Israeli government will be the one called upon to do that. And uh, if that does happen, that will cause obviously an enormous outcry and across the world, how can you possibly dare to do that? Didn't Israel today just strike some facility in Isfahan or something like that? It is said that uh, this is the case. I don't know. I saw some headline about that. Back to the, the, the Ezekiel 38 to 40. I think that's a very interesting place. It says in Ezekiel 38 to 40 that, that Persia, which is Iran, will be on fire. So does this mean that their nuclear arsenal is going to get taken out? Or, and Well, we would obviously hope so, but I don't believe that the redemption that we're all longing for and playing for is praying for is quite as simple as that because okay if you take out some nuclear installations if they don't change their ideology and their way of thinking they're going to just rebuild them over time if it's in 10 years 20 well, the, 30 50, 100 the prophet, they, it, it, the prophet says that they don't rebuild them persia's on fire and they take an army across the middle east to go invade israel uh, well, they, the Ezekiel says it will be like a cloud covering this uh, uh, the sky. It will appear like a cloud covering the sky, like such a massive army. It'll be like a. That's, that's quite plausible, and according to the geography in Ezekiel chapter thirty-nine, 
which is uh, which indicates that the invasion will come from the uh, east of the Sea of the Galilee, the Tiber Lake Tiberius, the Kinneret. Yeah. Uh, that would indicate that it will come from what is now uh, the kingdom of Jordan and Syria. And uh, heaven alone knows who will be part of that army. But I think, uh, you see, what is different from the scenario of possibly uh, Israel, uh, uh, as she is today, attacking Iran, is that the prophet says that uh, actually the, uh, the armies that will invade will themselves drop through the plague. So maybe you need to ask uh, your friends at Pfizer to actually direct their uh, vaccines on all these guys over there and finish the thing already. So as far as Ukraine relates to the war of Gog, we're in a situation where, uh, you know, it, we shouldn't fear that this is the end because uh, the end was written and this doesn't have... Uh, relevance to, to the end as far as Ukraine is concerned. So there won't be a nuclear provocation according to, or maybe there will, but maybe this is a different time. I mean, like, what? Well, how do you respond to something like that? Well, for one thing, uh, I heard years ago in the name of the Bob of a Rebbe uh, that he was asked, could it possibly be that uh, there'll be a nuclear war which causes widespread destruction of people and nature that it couldn't be the the the, the, bonus of the master of the world will not let such a thing happen, and uh, I think a lot of this is brinkmanship, and again <laughs> that these uh, governments are trying to hoodwink their populations into agreeing to uh, put up with financial stringencies and higher taxes in order to enrich the armaments manufacturers, all behind this smokescreen of you know the Russian bogey been done before we had i grew up with this you know uh, we grew up with the cold war when uh, <laughs> when uh, uh, you know russia and the communist country was seen as real you know real uh, threats uh, to the minds of little kids in england the, uh, when i was a kid it was like uh, so this is all a rehash and uh, the, there's this constant recycling what one has to understand is that what god wants is not to destroy necessarily just uh, whoever it may be, the mullahs of uh, Iran or whoever else is your bogey of today. What God wants is for us to bear our hearts before him and in all humility say, I have wronged, I've done wrong, I've messed up, I've, that behavior was wrong, that attitude is wrong, that thought is wrong, those words were wrong. And when we tear our guts apart in our own contrition and repentance, that is how we are liberating ourselves from this crazy world that wants to distract us with uh, this, this gay war games going on in, in, uh, in Eastern Europe. I mean, uh, the real challenge to all of us that God is putting before us, to those who are suffering from the, uh, the, the steep inflation, from those who are suffering for the high prices of, uh, of gas, etc., from those who are suffering for the terrible effects of the uh, the lockdown still with us, uh, the the after effects of the vaccines, and all the, all people who are suffering. What we all have to know is that has been sent to us. If we can understand for ourselves, forget the corruption for a moment of the leadership, the deep state. But the message to each and every one of us must be a message from God to us. It's time to liberate ourselves from all of that fake ideology and come clean with God. And through this confession, we will come to the real joy.
come to the the real godliness the spirit will descend upon us and i mm -hmm. believe this is the only way we can uh, confront the present situation you see what has been done to those who wanted to protest the uh, the, the so-called uh, last presidential election results and many of them are running away until today in solitary confinement and uh, nobody can do a thing about it and we are show are not going to turn our backs on any of the victims on of January 6th. In fact, we host, we've hosted uh, three times now Ali Alexander, who was the actual, um, he is under grand jury right now by the federal government because he was the um, license holder, the permit holder for the January 6th Stop the Steal protest in Washington, D.C. that became the J6 insurrection. So uh, it is it's a shame. Keep Continue. Sorry, I wanted to just... Well, indeed. I, I mean, uh, when you face, for example, people, the truckers in Canada who had a completely legitimate uh, uh, case, and here the, uh, the, the, the authoritarian government freezes bank accounts, PayPal accounts, the people who support them have their accounts. What are you supposed to do in the face of this kind of tyranny? I mean... Uh, uh, from the point of a Jew, looking now what's going on, and I recall the way that uh, the, uh, the 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 Jewish uh, refuseniks in Russia were persecuted uh, back in the 1960s and 70s and uh, 80s. The terrible persecutions they endured, the way they had to learn to yeah. live with us. You cannot always take the ox by the horns. And uh, if we, I, I don't believe that we can all just sit in our prayer houses and pray, and uh, it'll God uh, make it all right, make it all right, send him, send him. Because we have to refine ourselves as part of His great building. Uh, and more than that, I can't offer many solutions at the moment. I'm sorry. Except if I may just may I just conclude one word that I yeah. do believe that the real hope of the whole world is actually, if we're talking about Ezekiel, not what's written in chapters 38 and 39, but what then comes in chapter 40 to the end of the book of Ezekiel, chapters 40 through 48, where he speaks about the final order uh, in which the temple will be restored in Jerusalem. Chapter 40, an angel takes Ezekiel from Babylon, where he was exiled, to the heavenly Jerusalem with a measuring rod and a measuring cord of builders. He says, I'm going to take you on this virtual tour of the future temple. Here, this is the, 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 the height of this gateway. This is its width. This is its depth. This is the length of this courtyard. This is the height of this building. And all of this has profound meaning, which was revealed to us by the very same author as uh, the book, The 138 Openings of Wisdom, Rabbi Moshe uh, Lutzato, who revealed that the entire world will never attain peace or happiness until the temple in Jerusalem is restored. And uh, this is now the bottom of the world's political agenda. The United Nations would see this as a completely extremist uh, position, even though Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and all the other prophets prophesied it's in the Bible that the temple will be restored. But now this would be seen as an extremist position by the United right. Nations. This needs to be top quote. of the agenda. So before we go down that path, I want to just uh, you know get finish up on the Ezekiel by by saying that my favorite part the, of Ezekiel thirty-eight to forty is really 
something that we overlook. I mean, he really spells it out, and you can see the the global map as we discussed with the different players being involved. I always thought Beit Torgama might be North Korea, but you said it was perhaps Germany. Uh, what, whoever it is, it is. Uh, it's very good for our audience that we went through this and related it to the modern map so that people could see in the context that we are living in days of prophecy, that we are living, there is this prophetic magic that's that's thick in the air and uh, doesn't have to, man how it manifests in the future is up to our free will, but um, the reason why God does this affair, this massive war, this nuclear thing, whatever it is, that the, the plagues, the, the, the chaos, 38 to 40, the thing I love most about it is why God does this. And it's very clear why God does this. He does this for one specific reason, because he wants to reveal himself to the world. And that is because, you know, you have people, you have the, I need to see it to believe it type of people. And so God said, okay, I'll show you. But we got to buckle our seatbelts because it's going to be a ride. There's a story associated to it. And that story is chaotic. And, you know, I mean, the think about the story before the world was created. It was chaos. You know, it was just chaos. You know, it was, uh, and so, and so God is, doing the the world events to cause a grand revelation of himself upon the world and and that and and that's why it finishes with the temple because the temple is like make bapatish it's like that final hammer's blow it's like okay we're done and cut you know what i'm saying it's like the the and it's like the after party you know it's kind of like uh once we made it through to the other side like kind of like being birthed is like a really hard experience you're being squeezed and squeezed and squeezed and finally you make it out uh, and you're born and it's like you take a breath the first thing you do when you get out is you take a deep breath you know it's like very symbolic well uh, if i may just supplement that by referring to the last chapters of the monumental codification of torah law and moses maimonides uh, rambam Mishnah Torah, where he speaks about the laws of kings and comes to the laws of Messiah. And he states that the qualifications of Messiah are number one, to uh, bring Israel to repent and to gather in the exiles, and number two, to build the temple. And so, yes, uh, certainly the temple is, as it were, the, uh, the, the cherry on the icing, you might say. However, when you go on a journey, you don't just uh, sit out from Los Angeles to wherever I, I want to go. You have a destination in mind. And if you don't have a destination, a clear destination, then you may end up in surprising places. And uh, when one has a destination, this applies to everybody. When a person has a clear goal, then uh, they have something to motivate themselves to work towards. And now people of faith need now to join together with the goal that unites us all because it's the goal that God has revealed to us already in the words of his prophets, which is a restoration. So while we fight these battle against the deep state and the inflation and the Ukraine war and the Taiwan situation, if we all the time know that we're working towards that the law of God and the word of the Lord shall go forth from Jerusalem and not the word of the uh, 
some self-appointed body that will uh, uh, determine what they think the word of God is supposed to be, but uh, which aren't to be founded upon the words of God's scripture. So in other words, I'm saying that we all need to promote the ultimate goal already in order to, to motivate ourselves to what we're really working towards. We're not just working towards some more tax relief or lower prices and more supply of gasoline and uh, ending the destruction of food. We are looking towards a world where people actually change their, in the way that in the, uh, the, the, the shift between the end of the Roman Empire and the Middle Ages, of the huge shift in people's consciousness, in the Renaissance, in the so-called Enlightenment. Uh, so we're now waiting for this huge shift in human consciousness. And let us pray that out of the troubles the world is facing will come this needed shift. Amen. Rabbi, it is such an honor to have you on the show. You, uh, as I said in the beginning of the show, you're so well known in so many circles for your work in religion. And so few people get, uh, I feel so blessed that I know you on this level, that actually know how you feel about the world and your political depth, knowledge, and thought. And it's such an honor to be able to host that opinion, you know, uh, on the Adam King show and show our audience first uh your opinion because it's it's so ripe and, and and the world needs to hear more of your your uh your um le your your leadership outside of i mean inside the the kind of the interweaving of the spiritual with the physical inside of uh inside of kingship and uh, and and your opinion is so important and as we're concluding our segment you know, I focused a lot on Ukraine in the in the in the segment, and I kind of directed the conversation. Um, but I want to ask you, as a final question, uh, outside of what we covered today, what area of the world do you think, and, and to related to your last statement on on bringing about a uh, a um, a more perfect humanity, a more repented world, a a a a, a, a better uh, a spiritually elevated, um, fixed creation. Um, if not Ukraine, what is the geopolitical incident, the main catalyst? Uh, if it is Ukraine, I'd like to know if you think it is Ukraine, but, but what do you feel is the biggest geopolitical catalyst to be looking for as a triggering event for these kind of grander, more i don't like the word apocalypse so much because it implies the end whereas for me i feel this is really my beginning and but that time where do you feel that is the what geopolitical event is the catalyst for that as winston churchill said this is not the uh, end of the beginning this is the beginning of the end <laughs> so, yes uh, he, as he did not say but uh well uh, you know uh, the prophet says that uh, god gives certain nations as an atonement for his beloved people and certainly one could say there's a love-hate relationship between uh, the jewish people and the land of ukraine which unfortunately was stained with uh, jewish blood over many many centuries in the uh, particularly in the uh, the Khmelnytsky uh, uh, pogroms and uh, uh, rather genocide of 1648 
and then again in 1670, uh, 1768, and then uh, uh, again and again, the Kishinev pogroms, uh, uh, the, the Nazis, the Bolsheviks, I mean, uh, hundreds of thousands of Jews were slaughtered in Ukraine uh, in the most horrendous uh, ways. So uh, Ukraine was a host country, and Rabbi Nachman, as you mentioned earlier, is buried there, as are many other righteous Sadikim. So there's this kind of oscillating attitude, and God forbid we do not want any people or nation to suffer. But certainly those who, uh, who foment suffering for others, uh, God knows his own ways of dealing with them. And uh, so we've seen the various flashpoints in the world uh, that break out in North Africa, here now in Ukraine, and uh, uh, something brewing in uh, Latin America and Taiwan. But I do think that uh, if we're to turn to the prophets, obviously the words of Zechariah, Zechariah in his later prophecy, where he says that it's Jerusalem that is going to be the, the millstone hung on the neck of the world, the nations, and uh, this is now a tinderbox. I mean, we've already seen the very last few days, Adam, the, uh, the, 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 the new uh, outbreak of this plague of terror in the Holy Land of Israel, which is supposed to be the exemplar of peace and harmony to the world. So here we see how far away we are from this, uh, back to the days where people speak about intifada and uh, arming uh, Israeli citizens uh, better and all this. So uh, uh, I do think it's very likely that once again, with all of the efforts of everybody to avoid it, uh, that the Middle East will be the flashpoint and probably uh, between, we, we have so many, uh, between uh, Hamas and Iran and uh, the, uh, the, the, the populations in Israel all with their different conflicts, uh, we, we always have a recipe uh, for a tinderbox uh, when the time is ripe, and that will be in the judgment of God Almighty. Meanwhile, we have to fortify ourselves with our personal righteousness and goodness, and we will see the, uh, the actual redemption very quickly in our time. Amen. Amen. And you know, that was my last question, but this is really my last question. What, <laughs> you're such a great guest, and we're going to have you back on. Honestly, I, I love the way you interweave spirituality and geopolitics. It's so beautiful. Um, and I think that it's, uh, you know, it, I, I, I really I hope you share this video also with your following, your immense following, so that your many, many students, thousands and thousands of people around the world who you've touched and uh, through your religious and spiritual devoted leadership can hear your opinions because these opinions uh, on geopolitics are like spiritual positions. I mean, like how you feel about gay marriage or how you feel about, you know, uh, the war in Ukraine and child pedophilia and all that stuff. These are all very spiritual things that we're, we're up against, you know, and, and, and they require a deep look into the soul and the dark night of the soul where one has to really come to terms with who they are as people. And like you said earlier, this whole grand revelation is for us to repent and to improve ourselves and to become better people. My last question that I have for you, the next three months leading up to Passover, Pesach, what does it look like geopolitically for you? What do you see happening with, with everything that you have going on in your head about all the 10,000 news clippings that you have in your head, where are we go? What does the next three months look like, Rabbi? Uh, well, uh, 
Uh, very hot indeed. I mean, I, I do see, unfortunately, quite a rocky situation here in uh, Israel. Uh, I see quite possibly uh, uh, will take us entirely by surprise uh, as some kind of attack on a large scale on Iran that could come any day uh, sooner or later. And yet, on the other hand, it might not because I do not entirely uh, rely upon the uh, the intentions of the present Israeli prime minister actually carry out his long uh, touted plan to uh, thwart Iran uh, physically. Uh, but that could happen. Um, I think actually that uh, it's more likely the Ukrainian situation is going to get stalled just because I don't think that the uh, NATO and uh, the US Army have actually enough power to back up Ukraine uh, in the way that will really be needed against a full-scale Russian assault. And I have a, a feeling, and indeed a hope, that uh, they're going to like uh, turn the temperature down. Uh, I don't believe that this is going to lead to a huge conflagration, but I might be wrong. I hope I uh, am not wrong. And so other than that, in the next three months, just look for things toning down. You think it's going to be a, a tone down the next three months? or not an escalation, but a tone down? Well, that is my sense. I mean, I, I do follow more than most other places uh, what goes on in uh, Britain. And my sense is that after the uh, the uh, the tyranny of the uh, Boris Johnson regime and the COVID uh, response, that there are attempts to somewhat ameliorate conditions or at least to mollify the public's feelings by having a period of like greater stability. And uh, that, that may be the case only in Britain. I mean, uh, heaven alone knows with the United States, with a presidential election coming up now at the end of two years, uh, it's, always, it's more likely that they will try to, uh, to help the, uh, the, the plight of the, uh, the, the poor Democrat voters slightly be improved so they can tell them how, wonderful they, how wonderfully they've treated him. But... Uh, uh, look, they say in Yiddish, Tracht gut, wird sein gut. Think good, it will be good. I don't want to like uh, float any number of possible panic uh, scenarios. I mean, I do believe, uh, be prepared, yes. Do prepare, prepare on all levels, physically, stock up what you need, and also spiritually, because at the end of the day, we're all going to lie under the ground if they don't burn us to cinders so we might as well go up uh, you know with a with a great big uh, shining uh, uh, translucent soul on that note uh i i th i i have nothing else to say uh, on on that i want to direct tell our audience you know as they're the rabbi just said to go uh you know stock up and prepare so there's no better place to prepare than on InfoWarsStore.com. And so I'm going to drop this QR code once again before we close out the segment to go get a, uh, a, a first aid kit, to go get a 30-day food supply, whatever it is. There's a ton of stuff to stock up on at InfoWarsStore.com. So please check it out. And uh, Rabbi, I want to thank you for coming today. It's such like I said, this is the third time I'm saying it. It's such an honor that we, I get to be the host of your public comments on the world, and I and we're going to promote this. Uh, well, you're, you're very special, Adam. We've been friends for many many years. Thank God, and 
I know that uh, you're going to be big, you're going to be a big part of spreading the truth and the light in uh, this world so beset by darkness. So it's been a great honor to me to be on your show, and may you go from strength to strength. Amen. Thank you, Rebbe. And we're going to put a link to the the book and some of your other books on our uh, on our guest page at theadamkingshow.com. Click on our guests, find the rabbi, and you will have an entire bio of the rabbi followed by links. So please get me some links of where people could get your books, and we'll post the Amazon for the book that we did together that is dedicated to the Beidel Book Club, which is my uh, my personal book club that and I found. Just remember the motto, the motto, azamra.org, azamra, A-Z-A-M-R-A. I will sing azamra the word of King David, azamra.org, and you get the free books there to browse online and links to purchase if you want, and uh, keep singing. Rabbi, on that note, it is such an honor. I'm going to say goodnight to our guests. Thank you so much, Rabbi Avraham Greenbaum, for blessing us with your wisdom and your words of uh, Torah and spirituality. I want to thank our associate producer, Rock Breath, for everything he does for the show, and I want to thank you, the listeners for tuning in every single episode twice a week and helping us get the word out. I'm getting calls from people. I'm getting personal emails from people, and it is so nice. So please reach out to us, info at theadamkingshow.com. If you have a show concept, if you have a comment that you want to leave, please post comments on our uh, uh, different channels, on the Rumbles, on the Banda video, on the, on the YouTubes. We prefer our Bandod video because we know we're not going to get canceled there. Rumble's got some slow bandwidth, and it's always taken over by Donald Trump. And YouTube hates our guts because we uh, speak the truth, and we're not globalists. So, again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, everybody. And good night from the Adam King Show. We love you. Peace.